Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Brightview Senior Living. Since 1999, Brightview has proudly served Greater Baltimore with vibrant, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and enhanced care. Find a community near you at brightviewseniorliving.com. My social life consisted mostly at that point of having a crush on my geometry teacher. I was like, you should come to my camp. We'll be counselors. I'll be at the boys' camp, and I'll be at the girls' camp. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I'm Jessica Hinkin. And I'm Laura Wexler. This week on the podcast, Summer Camp Love Tales about getting some. Uh, I did not write that, dear listeners, at summer camp. All right. So this first story teller, Bob Hemler, is a wonderful guy. And uh, he shared this story this past spring at a show we did called Real Life Rom-Coms. And what I love about this story is you get to learn about this particular camp where he works and this era of camping, which was the 70s. And um, so it's just a great it's a great slice of life and a love story. With lots of bell bottoms. <laughs> Pre pandemic, let's go to nineteen seventy. <laughs> I was I was sixteen, a very uncomfortable um, sixteen year old with my social life consisted mostly at that point of having a crush on my geometry teacher. <laughs> that didn't pay off the way I wanted. It paid off in terms of scholarships to college and fellowships and stuff, but no more than that. At this time, I had been to a Baltimore Ravens game. 1970, right? And uh, there were Baltimore Ravens. They were a wheelchair basketball team. And after the game, I went out to a pub with all the players and the coach and... um, You know, I was too young to be there, but that's okay. And at this pub, I found myself at a table with a very pretty 16-year-old girl, same age as me, but way out of my league. Beautiful, long brown hair, beautiful eyes, much more social than me, but it was okay because there were other people there, and I didn't really have to impress her. But apparently I did in some way. I must have said something because she turned to me at one point and said, I like you, Bob Hamler. I didn't know what to do. You know, you would think, seize the day. Me, I just seized. It was, I almost slid under the table. I said nothing. And that ended it pretty quick. She wasn't impressed. But five years went by, and during those years, I continued to be associated with the, the Baltimore League for the Handicapped, which had sponsored the uh, wheelchair team and uh, had gone to this amazing place called Camp Greentop, um, where I worked as a counselor. And in 1975, it was late in the summer, and it was August, and we were at the adult session, and Trish was there as a counselor, the same woman. But I knew from mutual friends, I knew that she had been married, so I wasn't paying any attention. You know, it wasn't on my radar at all. Until the night we took a group of six campers and four staff, some people in wheelchairs, to the Appalachian Trail to to have an overnight at a a trail shelter, which we did. 
we had a nice time. We got dinner out of the way. We got the campers all set up. And uh, in the shelter, we were going to sleep under the stars, the, the staff was. But there weren't any stars. A, a nasty rainstorm came blowing through. We had to jump in that shelter, you know, line ourselves up on our air mattresses. We, got, we did. We got settled. Then no sooner was I starting to doze off when Trish rolled over on me. You know, and then she whispered, my air mattress got a hole in it. I, you know, it's very uncomfortable. I didn't resist. <laughs> then, but it was a little cramped with all those people in the shelter. And so, um, and the rain did stop. So, so we got out of the shelter, sat on a rock and, and talked for hours. Uh, I found out that she was at camp experimenting with maybe leaving her husband. And she was thinking about that. And, you know, we we shared a lot of information, found out we had a lot of common interests. The rest of that session was fantastic. You know, we spent as much time together as we could, Um, even spent one night on the the ground in the campfire circle. Um, And rest hour, we would drive down to Thurmont and get a root beer float. We did lots of good things. And I had a chance to see Trish as she interacted with campers. And she was really good. She was one of the only people who learned Terry's I-code, this woman who couldn't talk and couldn't use her hands. She had an I-code that most people had to to look at a cheat sheet to see. Trish memorized it. So she she was really good. Um, But then camp ended. She went back to her husband. I went back to school. Uh, three months later, well, after I felt a little confused, not to mention guilty, because you know I wasn't raised to be chasing married women, um, she calls me up in November and says, I've left my husband for good now. So that was great. We started dating. Things were wonderful. <laughs> All through the rest of my senior year of college, and, and that January, it, it turned out I had a course in ancient Greek, and um, I apologize to any Greek speakers here because I might say peristera the wrong way. It starts with pi, and it means dove, and that became Trisha's nickname. My uh, nickname became Professor Plum because, unfortunately, I was going to go to graduate school, and I had a, I had a, a Earl Scheib special paint job on my car called Fresh Plum. And so... The problem was graduate school was 300-plus miles away, and Trish had been recently separated and wasn't about to make a commitment, so that presented a challenge. I addressed this challenge by writing notes every day you know, on the back of canceled checks or whatever I had as I finished studying, back of math papers, and I would pack them up and mail them once a week. And then in return, once in a while, I would get a letter saying, Bob, gosh... I'm feeling in turmoil. I tore those up because I knew that meant she's dating other guys. <laughs> but anyway, the, the, the final thing was, you know, having a nickname of Pi. I went to a fraternity jewelry store up at Syracuse, and I bought a Pi necklace. And then when I came home, I gave it to her for Valentine's Day. And that served as an alternate uh, engagement ring. And fortunately, she went along with this. And, and then uh, we did get married that summer. And then the following year, we went back to Camp Greentop, the same adult session. 
And there we shared a slice of our wedding cake with all 100-plus campers and staff at the camp. And now we're thinking six more years, we might want to go there and have a 50th anniversary. Thank you. I love the the sort of matter-of-fact way that he talked about carrying people in wheelchairs up a mountain. Yeah. You know, like, I just, yes, there's a lot of potential for injury in sort of the things they did, but there was, like, something so lovely about the non-regulated, like, adventure, the spirit of, like, everyone, camping's for everyone, you know. Although that's 100% not the way it should be done now. Like, there, I mean, there are definitely people that, not to say that camping is not accessible to individuals that are in wheelchairs, but it just is that I think people are much more trained in how to do yeah. that as opposed to just... <laughs> I know. And I mean, I can't, like I said, I know this is like... of not like, wearing seatbelts yeah, and smoking in front of your you're kids. Right. So. If I think of it like not wearing seatbelts, then it doesn't seem as frozen. But there's something that just like this can do. Like, yeah. No, no. Absolutely. Know, <laughs> yeah. Just this. And, you know, that they still go back to the camp and they're going to have their anniversary or renew their vows there. It's so cool. Yeah, people get real attached to their camp from childhood. That can happen. We have several friends who still talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, I love my camp. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. I still got one kid going. (laughs) Our final storyteller for this podcast is Randy Benish, uh, which is a sweet story about uh, a summer with the wrong boyfriend at camp. All right, you're going to get to know me a little bit. I'm going to tell you a little love story. And I just say summer camp was is a big part of my life. I went to overnight camp for 10 summers of my life, and I, I loved it. Um, so I always had guy best friends in, in high school. My my best friend, um, was his name was Adam, and he, um, he had never been to camp, and the summer between graduating high school and going to college, I was like, you should come to my camp. We'll be counselors. I'll be at the boys camp and I'll be at the girls camp. And so I took him for his first overnight summer camp experience. And I set him up with my friend, Rachel, and that was his summer girlfriend. And I had my summer boyfriend, this guy named Josh, and we had a great summer and, uh, you know, spent lots of nights hanging out, all the couples by the lake, and had a really great time. In fact, one night during that summer, uh, we were on our, I was on our way to go do laundry at the laundromat, and I hit a bear. Um, yeah, it was crazy. The bear was fine. He was just <laughs> went ran off into the woods. My car was, like, almost totaled. It was a really crazy experience. And when I came back to camp, I was with, with other girl counselors that night. When I came back to camp and all the counselors were hanging out, like, I definitely wanted to hug Adam and, like, share that with him way more so than my summer boyfriend. But I didn't really think about that at the time, you know. But And at the end of the summer, I... I had such a harder time saying goodbye to Adam than I did saying goodbye to my summer boyfriend. I was like, see you, Josh. Great summer. Had a good time. But, like, saying goodbye to Adam, we were both – I was going to college, Washington University in St. Louis. He was going to University of Maryland. And it was really hard to say goodbye. And I was like, that was weird. (laughs) All right. So drive to St. Louis. 
um, and get to college and definitely really miss miss Adam way more. I'm done, over with Josh, but I can't get Adam off my mind. And we would talk for hours on the phone. This is before cell phones, um, before texting, before even um, like instant messaging, you know, we were old fashioned. Um, and we would spend hours on the phone and in October he came to visit me freshman year. And I guess the rest is history. Adam and I have been together for, for 20 years, married for 15. And I'm just really grateful to be married to my best friend. That's my story. Support for WYPR's podcasts comes from Catholic Charities. Celebrating its centennial in 2023, Catholic Charities is the largest private provider of social services in Maryland. Learn more about this movement to change lives at cc-md.org. And she and her husband... Uh, now are two um, powerhouses in the Baltimore world. Husband started Union, which is a brewery. Brewery where they just make delicious beer. And she is just an incredible person in the arts theater world, fundraising world. Yeah, and I love the idea in this story that like who you miss tells you who you should be with. You yeah. know, it's just a very simple kind of tell yeah um and the heart wants what the heart wants it does <laughs> i've heard that yeah. um from we don't need to say who said that <laughs> and in what context who did say it and what context you really don't remember no oh god it's awful uh i'm just gonna say it uh and those of you who don't who know and just want to forward i understand uh it's woody allen in response to why uh, he uh fell in love oh with my god but i feel Cindy was he Previn. was he quoting no, it was him. That was, I think he's the originator. Maybe wow. I mean it must have been said before, but it's now when people say it, it's attributed, in, at least in my opinion, ironically, to someone who did something incredibly manipulative and took zero ownership of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not to get, go on a, a tirade. No, okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, so that's our story on summer camp love and. The real complexity and weirdness of using the phrase, the heart wants what the heart wants. Um, We will be back with more stories from the stoop. Thanks for listening.